Hello and welcome to Getting to Grow, the podcast dedicated to unearthing the stories of some of the best brands in the food and wellness space, hosted by myself and Sam. Each episode we chat to founders, experts and industry professionals who each have their own personal journeys. We discover how they built their business, what's next and everything in between. This week we spoke to Grayson Hart, founder of Pure Sport, a CBD brand specialising in food supplements and topical lotions. Grayson explained how he got interested in CBD, how he discovered it after his rugby career was cut short due to injury, and how he grew a community for the brand. Hi Grayson, thanks so much for joining us today on Getting to Grow. Um, I have loads and loads of questions for you um, with regards to your background and then how you became to be known as quite the guy around Bassey Park on a Wednesday evening um and the run club itself as well so um yes thank you again for joining us and i'd love for you to do an intro into kind of yeah who you are and then let's get right in and talk about your kind of career i guess before um before pure sport cbd oh good um thanks for having me guys Quite the guy around Battersea Park is very speculative, so I hope you can <laughs> further into that and clarify, but uh, we'll, we'll roll with it for now. Um, yeah, I, I, well, I grew up in New Zealand. Um, I was born in the far north of New Zealand, a little tiny town called Kaitaia. Um, and then I grew up in Auckland, which was the biggest city. Um, and I loved rugby growing up. Uh, I didn't have much else going for me other than being okay at rugby. So then my dream was to become a rugby player because that would seem like a great way to make something of my life, which didn't seem to have much hope otherwise um, at that point. And so I went on to achieve my dream of playing professional rugby. Um, and I had some real ups and downs and roller coasters throughout that, plenty self-realizations of where our worth and value is at as a human I think I learned a lot about the perceived value being in what we did or what we achieved and realizing that perhaps it wasn't because I was achieving some cool things that I'd never I didn't actually feel fulfilled like I thought that I would and that created some, created some confusion and struggles but that's I guess another little topic um, and I went on to face some really bad injuries throughout my career. I managed to play a 14-year rugby career, managed to reach international level, uh, played in New Zealand, Australia, and UK, and across Europe. Um, And I actually was diagnosed with a degenerative knee partway through my career, um, which was very, very painful. was advised to, I should retire. I was also told I need a knee replacement by three different specialists Um, by the time I was 40 they said I need a knee replacement I carried on and the state my knee was in led me on a real reliance on painkillers which um for me was really quite scary and eye-opening I saw some teammates and good friends get really hooked on sleeping pills and opioid-based painkillers to the real kind of detriment of their uh you know livelihood and careers and just way of life I I had also witnessed addiction in my uh, upbringing um, and when I saw what these painkillers were doing to me and how addictive they were becoming it was a real eye-opener um, and that led me on a real uh, mission to understand and delve into natural alternatives to ease my pain to continue doing the thing that I loved in my living which was rugby um, without having to rely on these toxic and horrible painkillers um, that were just being handed out like little bloody sweets, really, um, or candy. Do we call it candy here or sweets? Sweets, I think. <laughs> um, been here eight years, I should know. But, um, yeah, that, that led me to a fascination around natural alternatives, a real delving into researching, learning, and kind of learning to empower myself, really, to understand that there were alternatives out there than what the kind of mainstream uh, viewpoint was from the Western medical world on how to deal with pain. Um, and I was fascinated. And that's what led me to launch Pure Sport, which is a natural wellness uh, supplement brand. We advocate for natural alternatives. Um, 
we advocate for updating our mentality and awareness around the quick fix mentality. You know, we think that the, the culture that we're in really steers us towards quick fixes where we think that's not a healthy way to go. It's not a long-term solution. Um, and we advocate for community and, um, and an active lifestyle really for, for a holistic um, sense of wellness. So yeah, that's where I'm at now. That's super interesting for me actually, because I, even taking it down to like the very basics, of kind of how I try and live if I've got a headache for example I won't like straight away reach for the paracetamol or the ibuprofen I'll be like look have a glass of water you're probably just dehydrated um whereas I think a lot of people would potentially just be like oh I'll have a pill I'll have a pill when actually just if you kind of understand your body a little bit more and have a glass of water um on you're probably like overtired or something like that you're looking at a screen for too long um you know you will you can actually solve it more holistically which is definitely how I sort of try and live my life as much as I possibly can 100% I've also been brought up like that as well so it's really interesting and with regards to your knee was that as a result of rugby or was that like a you were born with it and then you sort of found that out through playing quite intense sport yeah no so I suffered a knee injury uh, I tore uh, the meniscus and the MCL which like is not that uncommon in rugby um and it's not that big of a deal. Like you, you usually, you have a surgery and you're usually out for about three months um, and then you return and usually it's all fine. Uh, but my knee never recovered properly for some reason or another. Um, and, but what happened, it was a gradual issue because my, the biomechanics of my knee were never the same. Um, that all the cartilage started to wear away over, over time after that injury. Um, and so I was playing and I didn't realize I was sort of um, wearing away at the, the makeup of my knee. Got to a point where all the cartilage had worn away and then what the body does to try and protect the joint, um, it, it almost it grows these things called bone spurs, which is like calcification of the bone to try and like protect it. But they end up being very, very painful. Um, you say look like sort of like lumps of extra bone on your knee. Um, and what happened there was because of all the inflammation and fluid in my knee, my knee joint um, became very uh, unstable, which in a contact sport, in a sport we are changing direction, getting hit from different directions and contact, uh, like rugby, uh, it's very dangerous to have an unstable knee because you can dislocate it or tear your ACL, which is a, a, a massive injury. Um, so yeah, that the risks on the field for me were great with the that unstable and degenerated knee but also the long-term uh impact was was really really bad for me because well even you know just walking around um a, a park to walk my dog after training was agonizing uh walking upstairs getting up and down out of a car so you can only imagine what it was like trying to play rugby with that pain um and that's why i became very very reliant on painkillers it was frustrating because I was used to having a certain level of athleticism and speed and power before the knee issue. And so to try to get anywhere near that, I was taking a lot of painkillers to try to train and play because it was very competitive to try and keep your spot, to perform well, to get paid, to keep your contract, to progress. And professional sport, you have real tunnel vision. Um, you'll do whatever it takes uh, most of the time within reason. Um, some people maybe outside of reason too, but um, yeah, it was not a healthy perspective on how to manage the body. It was definitely short-term first, neglecting the kind of like long, longer-term health impact and short-term health impact as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine that pain. Oh my gosh, you must have been in absolute agony. Um, yeah. So talking about... Um, pure sport was it kind of a like a light bulb moment or was it like a gradual I've been taking painkillers for a while I want something more natural how did the like I guess yeah did your like idea um come yeah. about in in your head and stuff like that yeah so so actually like um I just started researching all different natural alternatives I started to learn things that I never knew before you know and I, I as a pro rugby player you get taught a lot about nutrition, uh, recovery methods, training methods, physio, 
Uh, you have a doctor there all the time, multiple doctors, multiple physios, and they're great and they're amazing and they look they look after they look after you and they give you great treatment and keep you fit. But what I started to become fascinated by was it seemed that within these professional sporting environments that they all seem to have one perspective. Um, and what I was learning and delving into was there was other perspectives out there for our health, for our well-being, for our performance. Um, and I, I just became really fascinated by it. I was looking to different forms of diet, um, you know, cutting out certain foods that were maybe inflammatory. I was learning about different supplements that I'd never heard about, you know, that could help me um, uh, with, with inflammation naturally um, and, and pain naturally. And, and as well to like, you know, help strengthen joints and things like that. Um, we had been taught about supplements and we were given supplements. We were sponsored by supplement companies, but they're always the same throughout the whole career, you know, protein, creatine, uh, fish oil, um, that's about it, uh, and multivitamins. Um, so I was learning about these other alternatives that are out there, different methods of recovery, training, um, even just like to look, approach life in a more like mindful way, you know, um, were, were all of real service to me to upgrade my awareness. Um, and actually, my wife introduced me to uh, nootropics and adaptogens because she had been struggling uh, with uh, an issue called endometriosis, which a lot of women struggle with. It's a real um, issue with a lot of pain and inflammation. Um, and she was learning about these alternatives and she had done a, a naturopathy course and learned about um, some amazing natural ingredients to help with these issues. But through, through her learning, uh, she had advised me that some of these nootropics and adaptogens, uh, which are natural, compound, natural compounds that help the body adapt to stresses, um, help with cognitive function, immune system, energy, these things, and they work in synergy with the body rather than like, you know, traditional painkillers or things they, they kind of mask or um, give a false spike or whatever. These, these, these ingredients working with the body. She actually said to me, I think you should try this group of um, adaptogens and nootropics because as a rugby player, I was getting a lot of head knocks um, and concussions and I could notice the difference in my energy levels and moods and things. And um, she, she actually said like, there's some risk long-term about the, your brain health and cognitive function with all these head knocks. Um, these things can help you short-term and long-term with cognitive function and to fight against some of that degenerative um, issues with, you know, cognitive function that people that are playing all these contact sports face. Because uh, there's a lot of dementia, post-rugby, you know, boxers and these guys who, who we're all bashing our heads around um, down the line that no one really focuses on when you're playing, you know. But that's when I started to learn more about these things. And she she actually um, was on a trip back to South Africa. She's from South Africa. And she said, oh, look, I've found the CBD stuff. I'm going to try it for like anti-inflammatory and pain. So I went and started researching it and it said, and I found all these articles about NFL guys in America, UFC guys in America saying they've chosen this as a natural painkiller to get off painkillers. And I was like, wow, like this is like what I've been looking for. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what woke me up to it. Um, and then one of the issues I faced was when my, as a, professional rugby player you get drug tested and you're advised to only have fully batch tested and certified um, supplements and no CBD brands were certified for drug tested athletes so I was advised not to take them and I was kind of like I was pretty upset because I wanted to delve further into what the risks were of me taking these products understand it with more clarity to make a real informed decision um, and what I was quite shocked to find was my team, my organization, they weren't willing to help me. They were just like, nah, don't take it. Take the painkillers. Here you go. Take these opioid based, take these um, bloody anti inflammatories and get on with it. Shut up. You know, and I was like, I'm a human being. You know, my short term and long term health matters to me. Yeah, you may just want to keep me on the field, but I want to be well. Um, and like I said, I would 
seen addiction issues. I, I was concerned about what these pills were doing to me. There was points where I was on six painkillers a day because you, they lose their um, effect and you need more. And that's that level of chemicals and toxins in your body is not not right. It's not good for you, especially not for any prolonged period of time. Um, so that's when my mission was to find a way to take or find trust as a drug tested athlete. I never had the ambition to start a business, but when I found that there was no answers and no clarity, I learned more about the CBD industry, that there was a lack of trust, there was a lack of regulations. I was, I, I, I had this moment where I was like, I'm gonna make it a, my mission to solve that issue. And if I solve that issue for myself, my fellow drug tested athletes, I can help get people off these painkillers the way I'm, I want to get off them and had got off them with CBD. And I can also provide trust to everyday people that want CBD. Because if the government's not regulating it, if people are selling junk and false advertising, if I can create one that's batch tested to the highest degree, for pro athletes and batch tested for quality, for banned substances, uh, for contaminants, for pesticides, to prove its um, uh, quality and trust, I can provide trust for the wider audience that's lacking that trust, you know? So that was, yeah, it wasn't like this one moment, it was uh, unfolding. And then eventually it was like, I searched the globe, literally, I. Uh, pestered manufacturers, uh, brands, uh, all these, and, and there was just no answer. And one day I was like, oh, I'll find a way to do it myself. Yeah, that's, I think that's really interesting how it kind of came from like you, like really like trialing it as well. Like you didn't just like put it out there. It was like, no, this is a need that I've like found. And yeah, I'm very glad that you managed to kind of come off all those painkillers and try it naturally because I can imagine the agony and just constant frustration you must have been in to not be able to find something that yeah was like regulated as such but also was actually even working um I'm disheartened by the system that they weren't willing to help you know like it's so easy for these people to just tick the box and say oh nah you know, nah, can't do that. But actually, I feel there should be a more of a duty of care for people's overall well-being. You know. So from from the point in which you decided that you were going to make it your mission, you'd had your, I guess, I was just going to say, you know, you having a personal experience, I think, has clearly guided you and kind of forced you to go down, you know, whatever route it is. And a lot of, you know, founders and entrepreneurs that we talk to, they all kind of had not necessarily a light bulb moment, but they had a, a thing that happened in their own lives that was super relatable to them that kind of made them feel something, you know, think a certain way that drove them to do what they're doing now. I think that's really powerful. It's like a message for other entrepreneurs is find something, you know, you feel super passionate about and then you're mm -hmm. able to follow through. I just think it's really inspiring how you said that. What I'm interested to ask is from the point in which you said, I'm going to make it my mission, to where you are today how did that journey happen what did you have to do because i imagine it's not like you're going to start a i don't know a drinks brand or a a restaurant you're starting uh, a product which you know had has certain connotations still is probably quite hard to source in 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 the first in, in the first place how did you kind of go about that and how did you get from that point to where you are today yeah yeah, so it was it was luck. It was a bit of luck. Or I mean, they say you make your own luck. So when I was searching and searching and searching for an answer to find clarity, right, like around the level of risk it was for a drug-tested athlete to take these products, I was reaching out to manufacturers, I was reaching out to brands, I was reaching out to experts, consultants, all these people to understand the extraction methods, the levels of THC, how and why and what that means and how it interacts with the body and how that uh, is relevant to the drug testing. And I got to really understand the drug testing protocol that um, uh, athletes went through under World Anti-Doping, which was the regulatory organization. Um, so I was just going and asking and I was shocked to find 
people were really not forthcoming with any information. There was a real lack of clarity. Um, but along the way, there was a few people who were quite helpful to give answers and stuff like that. Um, but I ended up just keeping on going. And, I, and, and one guy came back to me, he's like, he's like, hey, let's jump on a call. So I jumped on a call and he was from a hemp farm in America. And uh, he goes, I've got this new extraction method, this new equipment, um, and we can calibrate it to create a bespoke formulation or extraction to, to create uh, raw material uh, to be at the exact specifications that you would need in order to um, have a product that fit these the, that description. Um, and I was like, yeah, sweet. Like, I, I thought I was going to be his best customer, and I was like, I'll get the equivalent to make like 30 bottles of CBD. So, and I didn't even know how I would get it manifest because he just did the raw material. Um, he So he extracted the from the, the hemp leaves uh, to the raw material. And then the final product. Just quickly on that, sorry. What what is what does it raw material look like once it's been extracted? Is it liquid or yeah, is it's it solid? A, it's, a, it's extracted into a liquid. Um, and then that's then mixed in to the, the varying products. So yeah, so there, there's different there's different methods, um, and it's dependent on what the end outcome is trying to achieve. But um, yeah, they, they, they can be into um, like almost like little little like crystal looking um, uh, material, oil, and all, and what they call like a crude oil, which is like a thicker version. But just depending on what you're trying to achieve in the end outcome and the, and the extraction method as well. Um, but yeah, so I, I thought I was going to be a great customer, um, and I was like, I'll get the raw material and then I'm going to find a way to have it manufactured into like tinctures, um, so I can use it and I want to get like 30, the amount enough to make 30 bottles. And he kind of, he like laughed at me and he's like, oh no, man, sorry, like I'm talking like mass quantities here you know i can't calibrate this equipment and do we we, we operate on like a high scale here um so i kind of went away with my tail between my legs and uh um and but then that was the moment where i was like oh shit like i've found what i've been looking for i've also realized along this journey that uh of searching that no one is doing this um that's not out there so i've found the opportunity to create it um, and then, yeah, that's where the idea came about. And it pretty much um, went from there to my teammate at the time, Adam. Um, he was struggling with a, um, he'd had a hip surgery and I told him about CBD. And because it was, um, he was out of competition. So he wasn't playing because he was injured. He wasn't drug tested. Um, and so he was able to take TV and he found it amazing. And when I when I had this idea, I was like, I was like man, I've got a, we've got an opportunity here. And he was keen to get involved. Perhaps we both had no business experience. We had to convince both of our partners that investing our hard-earned savings into a cannabis-based business was a great idea. I imagine that was quite a hard sell at the time. Yeah, man, it was. It was like, what the hell? Like, how are you gonna? How are you gonna make it work? Like, what? How are you gonna grow? How's this gonna be successful? Um, but uh, we were just so excited about the opportunity that our excitement got that convincing done, and uh, the girls were on board. And yeah, it wasn't that wasn't easy, but we got there. Uh, so that was the first hurdle, um, and. Then the next bit was actually realizing that the process was probably a lot more expensive than, than what we had considered because, you know, the manufacturing and then there was the, to actually get the certification that we uh, desired was very, very expensive and a real process. Um, and then that there left us with all of our money gone. Uh, so we had this unbelievable product that was fully batch tested and certified the first one in the world um and we didn't have any idea about marketing um we had uh, a friend help us build a website 
um, that was really simple, but you know, looked clean and nice and did the trick. Um, and yeah, we just launched on social media through Instagram. And uh, fortunately we had a good sort of network through rugby. And the cool thing was like, once we launched it, it was word of mouth because so many athletes were had heard of uh, CBD by that point, wanted to, tr wanted to try it, but hadn't been able to. So we provided that solution and uh, people started sharing, talking about the benefits um, and it grew organically from there. And um, that was the beginning really of the journey. And for us, ignorance was bliss. Like we didn't know the level of effort and um, uh, what it would entail to grow a business. I think you go into it very naive, um, especially for us, we had never ever really had a crack at any business. Um, but yeah, and the industry itself is a very, very challenging one. There's a lot of regulatory um, things. There's a lot of restrictions with marketing, payment gateways, um, all these things that we just had no idea. Um, and yeah, but we learned, we're learning, we've learned as we've gone. And I think I'm thankful that we didn't know the level of uh, effort and input it would take. And because we maybe we wouldn't have done it if we did know, but we wouldn't change anything for the world. I think that's like, yeah, I think that's so true. I think you, if you know what you're putting yourself in for, it's so unlikely you'd ever do kind of anything because um, you you don't know every, everything that's going to happen and I think like the fact that you guys were so passionate about it like that's what helps that that's what would have you know put you guys in no no I believe in it so much it's not like you're selling someone else's product like you were like this genuinely helped me and I believe in it and that's how and as you said the word of mouth and that's massively helped it grow when, when you guys like launched so like you've got your product um what was the product range like was it oils was it like was it bombs? Um, and then did you launch with a like a website or was it you were stopped somewhere straight away or was it literally you selling out the back of a car or how did that kind of Yeah, go? no, so like without really thinking too much into it, we had no real out and out strategy. Uh, we just had a real passion for what we created. We knew that we we're solving an issue by providing the world's fully first fully batch testing certified for sports CBD products to provide trust and clarity. Um, but we knew these were like so such premium and effective products because in order to reach that level of certification, like they had to be the best of the best, you know? Um, so we had just so much uh, excitement about what we created and we knew that it was unbelievable, that it was better than anything that was on the market. But all we had was these two products. We had two different strengths of the oil tinctures, uh, a 1,000 milligram and a 2,000 milligram, which are actually both high-level strength products. Um, and and that was our thing. We're like, we're only going to go with the most effective, you know, because if, if you're targeting initially, which we were, which was the sports people, which helped us spread our name, um, they're not going to take things that don't work, you know? So, yeah, uh, and, and all along, our game plan uh, was through the website, direct to consumer. Um, and we were both full-time rugby players. So, like, we didn't actually have time to be out going to, like, markets or, you know, doing this, this and that or trying to get wholesale. We were literally just promoting the products through social media, through Instagram, through word of mouth. Um, and yeah, like I said, fortunately, the network we had, people were talking about it. It was amazing. Like within the first few weeks, the inbox of Instagram would be filled up by hundreds of elite professional athletes. And we were just behind the inbox because we didn't put our name to the brand for the first year or after, until a year later. Um, and our, our, our thought process at the time was like, we literally have the most premium, the most batch tested, the most trusted CBD in the world would work with these consultants, these experts in order to get it done and created. We don't want people to look down on the level of this product because it's just made by a couple of rugby players. You know, mm. we wanted our product to do the talking. 
Um, and so people <laughs> would get me inbox messages by these unbelievable athletes and we'll be sitting on our phone and be like, holy shit, look who's messaged us. We want some CBD. Uh, and that was kind of cool. So yeah, it was all, all just through the website and through social media. And looking kind of at what who your kind of customer is today, so you've spoken a lot about, I guess, sport, your connections for athletes, your customers, clearly, you know, you have a premium product, but there's probably not enough elite athletes buying your product to make your business viable. So I'm interested in who your customer is other than elite athletes, right? Because like, I guess, ultimately depending on how you view it we're all athletes because we all live our lives and we all you know most of us play sport and exercise and go to the gym what is your kind of normal kind of i guess target customer look like and what and like how often do they use your products what do they use it for just trying to get in the mind of like your kind of brand and your marketing and who you're trying to talk to yeah no, that's a really good question and it's one that i'm like very passionate about with pure sport because like if you think of our name, pure sport, like you, you obviously would naturally assume athletes or, or sports people. Um, but I I knew all along, I, I had a 14 year professional rugby career, you know, that that was my job. Um athletes don't like paying for stuff. They want things like this for free, you know, supplements, their boots, their kit, their, you know, all, all that. So I knew that athletes was not a good target customer um but because we would had provided something so unavailable on the market these athletes were willing to pay for it but that's not scalable because pro athletes is a very small um part of the population so my my strategy was these these people are going to help us provide trust and integrity and show the effectiveness and the quality in an industry that's not well regulated and not well trusted and then it's going to spread to the wider audience who are looking for the everyday benefits around of CBD, which are sleep quality, stress relief, pain relief, uh, anti-inflammatory, uh, and, and amongst others. But those are the main ones. Which those those benefits are um, they are, they are appealing to everyone in some form, you know, at some point in their life. Um, so our our customer um, target audience is so diverse um you know we got uni students who are stressed uh who are taking cl products to help them relax when they're studying and things like that we've got mums who are you know feeling worn out or they're struggling to sleep at night um or they got back pain from lifting the kids up and down uh we got grandparents who um love gardening and they got arthritis and they're using our products um to yeah uh, people who who love exercise as part of their lifestyle and it gives them purpose and they may be you know people who driven to um, improve their careers and that but exercise and, and movement and activity is a part of optimizing their life and they want to keep going with that so our, our target audience is, is so widespread and I think I'm passionate about the brand name Pure Sport because I actually think now more than ever, people are waking up to how important it is to have some element of uh, activity or exercise in their life. I, I feel, and, and this is my perspective, but I've thought about it a lot, and I'm not saying I'm an expert, but this is my view. Um, I feel maybe five, 10 years ago, like, yeah, people like running and going to the gym and that, but it wasn't as widely popular or it wasn't as recognized as an essential part of people's mental and physical well-being um, as it is today. And I feel that awareness is only improving. Um, and actually, with all that's gone, down, gone on and with the lockdowns and with the coronavirus, and I feel people are really waking up to more than ever through sport and through exercise us humans find like a sense of belonging um, and a sense of purpose um, and it's becoming more and more recognized as a really essential part of life um, so i for me pure sport 
is not about elite sports people. It's about that element in every human that they know there's something powerful for them in doing something good for their own body to optimize their wellness, you know, um, connecting with other people that in a good and healthy way, in a good environment. That's why we do the run club uh, every Wednesday. We've got I was going to ask you about that, leading yeah. me on very nicely to the run club. Um, what was kind of your, yeah, what was, how did that all begin and, and how did um, you kind of get like a tribe going? Yeah. So, so like one of the things that I'm really passionate about is like, I, I don't want to bullshit people. Like I, I don't, we don't ever say to people, our products are the answer to your issues. You know, we, we, we feel they are an element and an essential part of a lifestyle shift that helps you optimize your wellness now and prolong good health in the future. Um, but in order to really maximize that, you can't just take the supplements. You know, they have to be part of a shift in awareness to empower yourself and a, and a big part of that uh, to optimize that is exercise, is mindset, is community to support those decisions and habits. Um, and, and so we wanted to be a brand that advocated for the whole lot. It doesn't sit right with me to just try and push products, you know. Um, we want to push a lifestyle and then people learn about the products and then feel drawn and interested in them based off their own uh, awareness and education through through that through what we provide um and that's why we we came off the idea of a run club um because there's something powerful about connecting with new people in a healthy environment running you release those endorphins in a place like you know just for simple example of london there's so much hustle and bustle there's so much tunnel vision on careers busyness social um you know going out and drinking and all that and people actually don't have time for their own wellness yet when you provide a nice environment that's fun that's good people that's not no egos no one's trying to be up here everyone belongs it's for the beginners and the experts to help each other both ways and you got some people turn up absolutely shitting themselves because they've never been to something like that and by the end of it they've got friends for life and uh, a, a, a environment that's going to support them on their journey. You know, it's not just the mates that only want to hang out down at the pub and get pissed, you know? Um, so that it's, it's so important to us. And it, and it started because um, we as a team saw the benefits ourselves. And, and as a pro athlete throughout my previous career, I took for granted what physical movement did for my mental health because I was just doing it my whole life when the when I stopped playing and the lockdowns hit and I didn't have purpose to train I, I actually stopped training for the first time and I really felt negative impact on my mental health and physical health I can totally relate to that I feel like I feel really like itchy if I have an exercise in a couple of days I feel like something's like something's like not right I need like I, yeah it's like a release I guess because it's also like time away from like work it's time away from like social plans it's time away from just like yeah as you said like the daily kind of like hustle and bustle and it's so nice to just go to and also it feels good because you're like working on yourself yeah. it's like this is purely for like me um yeah. yo yeah oh my god Sam can vouch for me I am a I'm a gym bunny I spend a lot of time in there but equally, I think, you know, as, as you said, Grayson, you know, your run club, it's not just about, yeah, sometimes you might want to go for a run on your own and put, a, put your music in and, or a podcast or whatever it is. But, you know, equally going and exercising with friends is a social thing. Like, I, I don't know if you can see and for listeners of this, you won't be able to see, but I'm in my football training kit. So I, I play football and we've got training tonight. And that like for me, it's like one of the highlights of my week is like going and doing playing sport, exercising with friends and like-minded people like it not me coming home from work no not you coming home from work how rude. I, prefer, I prefer it Should be. Um, that's the second highlight <laughs> that's the highlight every other night of the week and and the, the other thing I was going to say and I guess it it kind of it makes sense with your 
with your product and your brand is the kind of the angle of yes exercise is important you come from a sport elite sport background but what is also important and I think over the last year people have realized that it's it's just as important as doing the exercise is making sure you're taking care of your body as well because you can you know you can run marathons and you can do but if you don't take care of your body there's only so long you're going to be able to do that for and I think you know there's lots of you know people more people are doing yoga more people are stretching doing you know flexibility stuff and taking supplements you know historically yes people have always taken supplements but taking different supplements or you know, more natural things so I think the kind of the, the whole ethos around your brand totally makes sense to me because you're marrying the fact that yes you're all about sport and, and enjoyment and you know keeping active but you're also the product you're selling is helping you to do that consistently and kind of managing that from a from a body physical and mental point of view yeah no definitely a, a business mentor of mine um he sat me down when it was time well you know i never knew anything about writing a business plan or strategy i was just we were just ripping into it with what we knew but at, at, to grow and scale you know he, he sat me down and he needed to write out a plan and a forecast and a strategy and i'll help you with that and i remember he sat me down and he said here's a list of five things that are the most essential five things as to what whether a startup makes it to be a success or not and there's some crazy stat like 90 something percent of startups don't make it past two years or something um and, and I can't remember exactly what the five were. You'll be able to find them on YouTube, like top five reasons of, of um, uh, startups. But there was like um, your idea, your funding, uh, your strategy, your timing. Um, there's one other in your team or something. I can't remember. Um, and oh, what, what do you guys reckon the top five? What do you reckon is the number one out of those? Uh, I think it's your, I don't know, work ethic. I don't know, hard work. That's, that's like I would have said something. To say. <laughs> yeah, I think always hiring people better than better than you. So like, mm. you know what you're good at, but then finding people that do other things that are better so you can yeah, grow. And then for me, just in terms of, I guess, personally, it's like a belief and passion. Like if you don't have that, mm. I don't think you've got much. Yeah. No, and I agree. Those are such essential things. And I got the answer wrong when he asked me. And and I and I rank he asked me to rank them. And I think I ranked the one that was number one, like fourth. And and the one that was number one was timing. The timing of when you launch, like when your idea, when you bring it to life. And and that fits along with what you're saying, Sam. Like if people's awareness was not ready to understand yeah. the in mentality towards our wellness natural alternatives mm. questioning the status quo questioning outdated methods that are probably driven by big pharma um you know and people empowering themselves to learn and take their wellness back i don't think like if we had to launch five years earlier i don't think anyone would have been ready or interested yeah. and if we had to launch five years later it would have been too late so we launched at a time where people were, we were early adopters of in a time where people were turning towards natural alternatives, empowering themselves, starting to question the methods. You know, people like, doctors never told me I could exercise and eat better and I would stop getting sick. What, like, you know, why did they, and then people start researching themselves. They're looking in different directions. Um, like people are like, holy heck. I used to think running was for people that wanted to run marathons. I didn't realize running for 20 minutes a day, even at a chilled yeah. pace, uh, even if I'm not ambitious to be a pro runner or even a good runner, helped my mental health, helped me feel more productive, more focused, more engaged. And people are, are waking up to this. So I think in line with what you were alluding to there, Sam, um, with the ethos and the culture, we we're so passionate about people upgrading their perspective and actually and it's we're not pointing the finger at anyone because every mindset and viewpoint uh, not not you but the majority of them get updated throughout history 
And it's a time where humans are updating their perspective on our wellness, our health, mentally and physically, our priorities, how we live our life, you know. Um, and that is the right time for pure sport because we're massive advocates for that. Um, and I remember like even diet, think about diet. No one blinks an eyelid if someone's a vegan now or a vegetarian. Five, 10 years ago, if people were like, people were like, what the hell are you? Yeah, are you it literally to? was. I remember being at uni and even then, like when people had like a corn chili, I'd be like, why would you have a corn chili? Just put some like mints in it. Like you're yeah. so alternative, like so exactly. indie. Yeah. When I was start, like trying to understand different diets for my anti-inflammatory to try to cut out painkillers before I found the CBD, I trialed um, vegetarianism because I learned I was learning around meat and perhaps the potential inflammation and eating too much of it. And I remember because our meals were given to us in the, uh, in, in around training, um, and we'd all sit and eat together in and around training as a team. And so that was very obvious when I wasn't eating the meat. And my teammates at the time, this was like seven years ago when I was trialing this. Dudes were like, what the hell is wrong with you? Like, oh God, how can I can't you imagine. not eat meat? You're going to be so weak. You can't even train this afternoon if you don't eat meat. Like, what's wrong? And I'm like, yeah. man, I actually feel good. And, and people, like, they just could not comprehend it. Whereas now, there'll be at least three to four vegans and vegetarians in, in every pro rugby team now. Yeah. No, one, no one blinks an eyelid. People are actually like, oh, what's that like? Is it good? How do you feel? You know? Also in like every social group though, like not even in like pro athlete sport groups, like this is becoming like the norm. Like McDonald's I saw today brought out like the the muck plant or something. And that that's mainstream. Like when McDonald's are reacting, yeah. you know, they're a massive multi-global yeah. corporation. So yeah, I think you're right as well though. I think we've definitely become more educated. We've learned loads more. We're also like yeah. not really taking sometimes what companies say like we do our own digging i remember when like one brand in particular um when oatly they um uh they had their black rock um oh god what was it they invested in was it black they invested black rock invested in oatly and something and they're really unethical and obviously oatly are all about like carbon emissions and like vegan and you know people reacted to that really quite ferociously especially over social media so you can't kind of get away with it anymore like people have you know, you, everyone's got their, the phone at their fingertips to kind of literally DM early and be like, hang on a minute, that's not okay. Mm. Um, so yeah, people are definitely more educated on it. And I think, yeah, I think what you guys are doing and saying and everything that you're bringing out and why the reasons behind it is, yeah, it's a, I guess it's a case of, yes, as you said earlier, being lucky, but also you're right in terms of timing. Your timing was lucky, but it's the same with Coconut Club when James, our current CEO and founder, founded coconut yogurt brand obviously like he didn't know six years ago that veganism and dairy free was going to be absolutely massive but he believed in it back then and obviously now it's it's one of the things that's like growing year on year yes, exponentially so yeah. it's timing yeah. but it's also like yeah we're we're ready for this kind of stuff now like we're yeah. all taking I it think, more seriously yeah. timing is essential but obviously there's a lot of other elements, but that I just found that really interesting that yeah. often timing was You don't really think too. about, I guess. Yeah. yeah. I ranked it so low, but I was like, shit, yeah. maybe not. Like, because if you think, yeah, we had great products. We had great, uh, the, we were the first in the world to be batch tested, but we had no way in which of anyone to find us. We had no marketing mm. budget. Actually. We had no idea about, raising funds to try and scale up we had no idea about we couldn't get loans because no one would loan to cvd brands um getting a payment gateway you know back then they were taking like five percent of every payment you know all these things um and but because of the timing of when we launched and that it was not available and that people were absolutely keen to get their hands on it and it grew you know um and then from there obviously lots and lots and lots of um hard work and um learning tough lessons along the way so what's um what's next for kind of pure sport is it is it like a more retail route or is it more obviously brand awareness because i'm sure you want to obviously grow that and stuff but do you have kind of some set plans or anything else coming out like new products um yeah, yeah where's your where's your kind of focus yeah um so from when the business 
began like when um, the my this mentor of ours, Alex, um, sat us down to write out a business strategy. He he asked me to outline things, and I said, you know, I'm, we're so passionate about CBD. We're so excited about the level of awareness it's bringing to people about natural alternatives, um, and the impact it's having on people's lives. But it's it's the it's a gateway it's opening people's minds up to these other amazing things that are available um and one that i said earlier that i had found a real impact with was these adaptogens and nootropics so a lot of these are some of these mushroom-based uh um, compounds and and some other amazing um herbal um compounds that you know actually have been used for for by indigenous cultures from way way back but have probably been overlooked because our mindset's been on uh, pharmaceuticals because that's how we've been conditioned. And actually, I, I, I said I want to innovate products that help people's lives and help people get away from this quick fix mentality. Um, some of these things are going to be mushrooms, adaptions, nootropics, but I want to innovate them in a way that they've not been available before. So when I was taking these products, I had one of each ingredient, little powders, I'd have to take a little teaspoon, put them in my smoothie, put about five in it, change the taste of smoothie. It wasn't very nice, but I'd, I'd do it anyway. And then I'd put one in my tea later and this and that. And I said, I want to make it easy to take these and I want to have the most impactful and effective. I want to educate people on some of these products. Um, and that's what we've, we've managed to do. We, we actually uh, innovated the first CBD turmeric um, and ginger and black pepper capsules. Um, we innovated the world's first CBD and nootropics oils, which are called Boost Clarity and Unwind. Um, we've created a mind and body mushroom blend, which is to help people with stress and cognitive function that we launched uh, three weeks ago now, which has been in the pipeline forever because to combine those six um, in a way that they are, you're going to get your daily dose and they're going to be effective and as well, sourcing high quality mushrooms is, is actually a real challenge there's a lot of really shockingly poor quality ones out there that people are using in supplements um and to continue to innovate and educate and so the mushrooms are a great example and the boost clarity and unwind nootropic cbd like when we launched them because of the noise and the following and the community we had built around our cbd products people were coming to us being like, holy heck, I'm learning now about these nootropics and about these mushrooms through you guys. And then they're going away listening to podcasts and, and researching and finding out all these amazing things um, through us. And so I wanted to create Pure Sport to be a vehicle to raise people's awareness on natural alternatives and innovate these natural alternatives to be beneficial in people's everyday life, to optimize their health. But to advocate for this lifestyle, but to live our values, you know. So we got the fitness club, we got the run club, we got yoga club, um, and these are real life clubs. They're free. Oh, I need to get involved in all of these. I didn't realize you did yoga and all this stuff. Ooh. Yeah, you go on Pure Sport Clubs on Instagram at Pure Sport Clubs, and you see all the stuff we're doing. We get hundreds of people. They're all free. It's an amazing community. We've had relationships we've had friendships arising all sorts and uh we're waiting for our first uh, proposal that'll be cool <laughs> um but but no it's um for me it's scaling the brand to reach more people and impact more people whilst keeping the same authenticity and that's the challenge you know um we've been very protective of the brand we've only been direct to consumer through the website because our brand our messaging, our narrative, it means so much to us. We could have scaled quicker. We could have, could have gone to the Boots, the Tesco's, the uh, Whole Food, uh, sorry, the Holland and Barrett's, you know, all these big chains that the majority of these type, um, you know, CV brands have gone to, uh, but it, cheapened, it can cheapen the brand, you know, it can lose the message um, of what it's all about. And we've wanted to keep the strength of our brand grow of course impact more people but do it in the right way um i'm driven to be a business that the people who, who are here have real purpose and love their jobs and feel driven about what they can do to progress you know uh, i know i'm biased because i live and breathe pure sport but 
I honestly believe that working here at Pure Sport was an opportunity to really empower yourself to make, to provide impact to the growth of business mm -hmm. that you are going to be rewarded for. And I think that's hard to come by. You know, most organizations have a real set ladder. Uh, it's quite hard to progress. Um, ben Francis, we did a thing with Jim. We've done some collabor collaboration with Gymshark. There's a video of him saying, Gymshark, uh, Pure Sport reminds him of Gymshark in the early days. And um, wow. that's massively exciting. Forbes quoted us as the UK's leading um, health and wellness brand that's helping people with their physical and mental health. Um, so sometimes I gotta like re realize how far we've come as well. But yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think we're just driven to keep doing what we do, keep evolving it, whilst keeping the same authenticity that we've had all the way. Well, just from this hour of speaking to you, I can definitely like tell that you're super passionate about it, and I think it will. I love how I'm saying this if I'm like the founder of like everything and I know all this stuff, but not at all, but it's how it's coming across of what I'm about to say. But I think like from everything, it will go like really far because you, yeah, it just seems like you really, like you really care and you've got really good backing of it and like your story and you've got like, you're kind of like pure sport tribe who are and like going to the run club and doing all this stuff. And even at, when I did was that event a couple of weeks ago and I saw you guys had a stand there, like you had loads of buzz around it. People are really keen. They want to chat. They want to ask, you know, it's mm. exciting and it's fun. So yeah. yeah. Wow. Well, that means a lot to me and you don't need to be a, the founder of nothing to share your views. And someone I really looked up, look up to who has had massive success because I get imposters. Like I don't have any business experience. I'm learning everything. I'm driven to learn. I, I love learning from people. I always talk to people, try to learn as much as I can. But I also think having a, a, a fresh perspective on things is, a, is actually a gift as well because you don't just think you know the method. Yeah. You're willing to try and innovate and be creative. And sometimes that fresh eye on things is what the world needs, but it's easy to get um, imposter syndrome and think you need to know the answers that you don't know. And a guy I really look up to is one of the kind of original and, and real main contributors to the success of Gymshark, who's, who's helped me a lot. He, he said to me, because I was talking to him about this, and he goes, man, you know what? Yeah, there are experts. There are people who have great knowledge that you can learn from. But if anyone ever tells you they have all the answers, they're lying to you. No yeah, one has all yeah. the answers. You know? um, and it's actually a good thing to know you don't have the answers. You just have a crack. You learn quick. If you fail, you fail quick and you learn from it and you go again. Um, and yeah, I think we're just doing our best. I think it's one of our strengths as we we it's are. What you can do. Yeah, we have a beginner's mindset and we're willing to not be experts, you know. And, and it's so fun. Like, it's so fun. Like, working for a startup is so much fun. Like, I don't think I could ever ever work for a corporate like my brother's just started at Deloitte and he's leaving the house every morning at like hideous o'clock in his like suit and his like new loafers that he's so excited about and I'm there like oh my god I go to I, 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 I <laughs> sorry bless him Joel you're doing a fab job shout out to Joel and his loafers are cool we like the loafers he's very no to be fair he's looking very suave I must admit but I I literally rock up in my gym gear to work and sell as much yoga as I possibly can in loads of different avenues and I'm like it's so fun because every day is so exciting and I have so much autonomy of like what I can do here and where I can go with it and that to me and it's so fast paced like well a I'm a perishable product like I'm yogurt I go off so I've got to sell it quick, obviously but but generally like speaking it's so fast paced working in mm. FMCG and it's so exciting so I think just even being a part of like this industry is so much fun like i can't really say that everyone that joins our team is like you've got to be your own entrepreneur here you ain't an employee yeah you you you're me you you and me are growing this together yeah 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 you're empowered to make decisions to do it with conviction if it doesn't work we learn from it yeah it better that's still a good result if we learn something and we can do it better uh and I think that's the biggest, like, I, I've always had an issue with, like, 
bureaucracy, doing things for the sake of it, you know. It was my biggest issue in school as a rugby player, the regimentation and the box ticking. And it's something, you know, I think you've got to be able to understand and evolve as you scale up and grow as a business because structure is important and processes, but it's keeping people empowered um, and knowing that, you know, they're there for a reason to... Yeah this is your business too, you know, um, yeah. that's how I feel. Well, that leads me quite nicely on to our sort of quick fire closing round. So I will, um, I will start and then Sam will go next and there's five questions and it's sort of as quickly as you, not necessarily as quickly as you can, but sort of like think on your feet as to custom answers. So what is your favorite product that you've created to date? Ah, uh... <laughs> Oh, I've got two. Um, so when I was growing up, my dad used to give me Tiger Balm when I had achy joints and I loved yeah. the smell and it was nostalgic. And I wanted to create a, a balm for aching joints and muscles infused with CBD. And I modeled it on Tiger Balm because it reminded me of my dad and my dad passed away and it reminded me of my childhood and how that was so impactful. So that one, and that's been a crowd absolute favorite um, with customers. Uh, and then the other one is the mind-body mushroom blend because I'm really passionate about people evolving their understanding of how some of these ingredients from nat nature that indigenous people way back have been using and how we're now, it's come full circle. So yeah, those two. What is your one best bit of advice for someone wanting to start their own product or brand? Problems don't go away. It's a false perspective to think that you got to work, work to get to a point where there's no problems. <laughs> problems are a part of business. Uh, I sometimes say I've learned that I think business should be called problem solving. Yeah. Um, and I, like I think, yeah, embrace the problems and know that it's your job to resolve them. <laughs> yeah, I totally agree. Nothing Just to goes to plan. Nothing yeah, goes to nothing. Plan. And it always costs way more money than you ever think. Um, yeah. What is your favourite food brands at the moment? Or food or, or not even food, but FMCG brands, I guess. Uh, I, I'm really enjoying... Um, I like what some of these uh, like meal prep companies are doing now and, and how they're like really actually creating some good tasting products. And, you know, now that I'm living this life that's like, fast paced with all my time in business um i actually really appreciate you know um the detail and the actual quality and the service that some of these uh providers are, are providing fresh fitness food i think is amazing um I, I know they're about to spread across the country a couple young guys that um i think are doing an amazing job at rns meals um yeah and they're doing a cool job and um i've actually found a new love for Leon recently and um, there's one up the road and uh, I find that like their food is pretty healthy and they've got a good selection and it's actually oh you and Sam pretty... have got that in common he is loves Leon he gets so yeah. excited with his Leon yeah. and it's well priced you know when you go to a cafe in London you buy a salad and it costs you like 15 quid whereas they got some pretty good food there, man. So I'm a fan. Yeah, agree, agree. Uh, what's the one thing that you wish you'd known when you started your career? Now, I'll I'll extend this to your rugby career as well, because that might, you yeah. might have something that you know you you wish you'd known back then. Yeah, um, that it's an absolute myth of humanity that when you get to some level of achievement, that you are gonna feel more valuable as a human being it's a myth you can only the, the ability to find contentment is only ever within yourself not in an outcome if you believe it's in an outcome that outcome's going to keep getting turning into something else and you're chasing your whole life doesn't mean you can't be ambitious and want to achieve and be passionate and want to do great things but there's a difference from believing those things are going to make you feel better about yourself find that peace and content within yourself and and go out and go after whatever you want to do what is your biggest failure um and what did you learn from it um when i was about 21 i had the world 
at my feet in terms of my rugby career. I played, I was a, just played Super Rugby, uh, two seasons Super Rugby, won a Junior World Cup, been in, included in an All Blacks training camp. Um, and I thought that the rest was just going to take care of itself. Had some troubles off the field, got involved in a lot of like drinking and issues and didn't just didn't apply myself. Um, and it made me learn that the hard work is only beginning when you get your foot, when you get your opportunity. Yeah, you grind and you give everything to achieve that foot in the door and that first opportunity, but that's only where the real work starts. I thought it was going to take care of itself. So, yeah. And, and as well, it made me learn that sometimes the biggest heartaches and disappointments in our life turn into the biggest blessings and eye-openers for our perspective on life and seeing really who we are. Mm, yeah, I agree. Um, so thank you so much for your time this evening. It's been great to have you on, super insightful. Um, and like, I feel like we've covered loads about kind of like your past and then Pure Sport and then what's next. So um, yeah, massive thank you again for taking the time to chat to us and can't wait for this one to go live. Thank you guys so much for having me. It was a real pleasure to speak to you and uh, yeah, really appreciate it. Please remember to follow, subscribe and leave a review as it really supports what we do. See you guys next time.